Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. You have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of John. John chapter 21. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 21. We are wrapping up a two-part mini-series. It's a theme entitled Called. Somebody say called. If you were here last week, we, we started studying the call of the apostle Peter, how when he was fishing, Jesus called him out of that context and commissioned him to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We talked about what it takes to embrace the call, the availability of the spirit of obedience and and following after Christ with an all-in commitment. I want to wrap this little idea up. It's kind of the bookends of Peter's life. Uh, We studied the call initially last week. I want to talk to you about being restored to that call Uh, because Peter had some mishaps. Can I have a good amen? Peter made a few mistakes along the way. Can anybody identify? So Peter was called, but then he was recalled. I almost entitled this message Recalled. How many of you have ever gotten a notice saying that something you own has been recalled? Yeah, appliances get recalled all the time. If you've got an appliance that's been recalled, you want to make sure that you pay attention. So that microphone, that microphone, microwave doesn't blow up in your face. Uh, sometimes there's a, a recall on food. How many got to pay attention to that? We don't want no salmonella. Come on. Sometimes there's a recall on a vehicle. Maybe it's an airbag or you know, an ignition starter, or maybe it's your tires. If you don't pay attention to the recall, it could be a major deal. I, I love the grace of God and how it's expressed in the life of Peter. And Jesus is recalling Peter after Peter had fallen away. Just to give you some context, in John chapter 21, before we pick up this this passage, Jesus, we know, was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter has a sword, and he tries to slice off the the head of Malchus, the uh, the, the servant of the high priest, and he takes off his ear. You know, Jesus gets arrested, and he gets put on trial, and Peter is is following along, kind of in the shadows. Several individuals recognize Peter as a follower of Jesus, and three times Peter denies. When Jesus is crucified, imagine for just a moment, if you're Peter, in that moment when Jesus is crucified, you're just undone. I mean, your last moment, your last experience with Jesus here on earth is your worst moment. I mean, I can just imagine what Peter carried emotionally and spiritually. Jesus, we know, was raised from the dead, and he makes a few appearances to his disciples, but at this moment, there's been no conversation. There's been no dialogue. Peter has been forced to carry his guilt, his regret, and his shame. And he hasn't had a chance to deal with it face-to-face with Jesus until John chapter 21. The Bible says in verse 1, Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other 
disciples. So seven disciples are here together. The Bible says in verse 3, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. (laughs) Well, the others said, look, we'll come too. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Now, in this passage, John 21, is a, it's a wonderful chapter. I think what we're going to find out today in this message, we're going to see ourselves in this story because all of us can identify with making a few mistakes. Our, our heart's right, but sometimes our head is confused. Can I have a good amen? I want you to see what's happening here Peter has gone back to fishing. I believe there's such regret. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down the word regret. Uh, Peter had such regret over what had happened and how he had failed so miserably. Uh, the, The Bible tells us that Peter, of the disciples, he was more than likely the leader. He was older than the rest of the disciples. Uh, He was the only disciple we know that was married. People kind of followed Peter. He had the influence, the most influence of all the disciples. And so Peter carries such massive regret over his final moments with Jesus. I mean, think about this. Peter was so certain of his love for Christ. So convinced in his commitment to Jesus. Remember, he told Jesus, listen, others may leave you, but I will never leave you. I'll go to prison for you if I have to. I will die for you. My love is is so committed to you and your future. Others around you may fall away, but I never will. And Peter never thought he was capable of denying Jesus. Can I tell you this? Never underestimate the power of your flesh. If you're at the wrong place at the wrong time, given a lot of pressure, you will do the wrong thing every single time. That's why I think for uh, for us as believers, we got to be careful that we don't get boastful or proud. You know, we, we, we can't bring a lot of judgment and criticism to others because our flesh is powerful. You know, and I know our heart is, man, we love Jesus. And just like Peter, we would say, Lord, I love you so much. I'm not, I don't know if I'm even capable of denying. Listen, you're capable. You and I, I mean, given the right circumstances, given the pressures, given the challenges, I mean, think there was a lot that was happening in that moment. And, and Peter goes from this incredible leader to just dashed upon the rocks of pain. The Bible says in Luke 22, when Peter denied Jesus the third time, the scripture says Jesus looked him right in the eye. Can you imagine what that felt like? <laughs> I'd say, uh, I, I, Peter carries this image with him as Jesus is being, he was already tried and he was being drugged off. In that final denial, the Bible says Jesus turns and locks eyes with Peter. And Peter was so overwhelmed with grief and regret that he wept bitterly. Let me tell you something about regret. I think all of us have experienced regret a time or two in our lives. You know, regret is such a debilitating thing. Regret is a a world that has rules all of its own. How many of you know you can't build anything on regret? I think this is one of the things that plagues a lot of believers today. Regret will keep you from moving forward in life. It'll always cause you 
to go backwards. Here we find Peter going back to what he used to do because he was filled with such regret. Uh, listen to me. For those of you that are following Jesus, you can't go back and undo the past. You're going to have to give your past to the Lord. There's a word called grace. Somebody say grace. Man, man, you can take your pain, your failure, your mistakes, your shortcomings, even in your worst moments, bring those things to Jesus, but you can't build anything on regret. You know the only thing you can do with regret? Wallow in it. When I say wallow, what picture comes to your mind? A pig in the mud, right? Only thing you can do with regret is just, and the devil wants you to wallow. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, no wallowing here. You see, regret blurs the lines, but things, this is this, regret will blur the lines between the things you can change and the things you cannot change. Man, it just gets muddy and messy and murky, and Peter here is plagued with regret. Let me tell you something when it comes to the mistakes of our past. If you can fix it, fix it and move on. If you can't fix it, then give it to Jesus and move on. But either way, you've got to move on. Peter's plagued by regret, didn't know what to do, so he goes back to fishing. The Bible says in verse 4, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, hey, fellas. Y'all caught any fish? Are the fish biting today? They said, nope. Verse 6, then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get something. <laughs> Interesting strategy. Is this a fishing trick? Is there a difference between the right side of the boat and the left side of the boat? No, there's no difference between the right side and the left side, but there's a big difference between doing something in your own strength and doing something with the help of God. How many of you have tried to do things in and of yourself and you've just been frustrated? I don't know if there's a gimmick or trick or a strategy. Sometimes in our human nature, is it the right side or the left side? God says, no, it's my side. If you'll do it my way, if you'll raise your kids my way, if you'll organize your finances my way, if you'll navigate your relationships my way. How many of you know when we do things with God's help, the outcome is different? He says, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you'll catch something. So they did, the Bible says, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Oh, I love it. It's amazing what happens when you listen to Jesus. It's amazing the outcomes when you and I do it God's way. Now notice the miracle of the fish. Does this sound familiar to last week? I mean, isn't this exactly how God called Peter in Luke chapter 5? They had fished all night, didn't catch anything. Jesus says, launch out to where it's a little bit deeper and throw out your nets again. The miracle is so familiar, and I think this is Jesus' way of calling Peter back to his original calling. He's reminding Peter... Don't forget what I did in your life when we first met. Mm, come on, somebody. 
Look at how, how Peter's regret is met with Jesus' return. Jesus returns and steps right up into the middle of this moment. I love that. I think this is a big deal. Jesus shows up in Peter's regret, in Peter's disappointment, and he calls him to remember that first experience that they had when they first met. And I believe there's something in there for us. God will require us sometimes to remember that original encounter that we had with Christ. Do you remember what it was like when you first encountered Jesus? Do you remember where your life was? Do you remember what that experience felt like? I think it's important for us as believers to remember those moments when we were first saved when we were first healed, when we were first delivered. Maybe some of you, it was drugs and alcohol that just held on to your life like chains, and Jesus came in and broke the chains. Uh, When you first said yes, I was listening to an old song. You remember Andre Crouch? How many members of Andre Crouch? Kind of gospel singer back in the 70s and 80s. We had Andre Crouch records at my house. I pulled up a song yesterday, Take Me Back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Hey, come on. I was getting blessed. Listen, I love gospel music, man. That is my go-to. That's my playlist. Andre's my guy. Jesus, in doing this miracle of the fish, is reminding Peter, don't forget the call of God that I've placed on your life. I know a lot has happened. I know there's been a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow, a lot of regret, but you can come back to me. The Bible says, check this out, verse 7, then the disciple Jesus loved. It's interesting. John is writing this. This is John's gospel. This is how John refers to himself. Hey, remember, I'm the one that Jesus loves. And Peter's got to read this gospel and be like, oh, okay, well, he loves me too. So the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, hey, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was Jesus, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, and he jumped into the water, and he headed to shore. You see, Peter, I mean, think about this. Now, all of a sudden, there's a splash of hope in Peter's heart. The regret and guilt that he had carried from the time he denied Jesus, the last time he saw Jesus alive on the earth, this is an encounter now. The resurrected Jesus shows up in the middle of Peter's guilt and regret and says, hey, cast your nets on the other side. And now Peter's starting to remember. He's starting to remember. I believe some people who have lost their way, maybe you're here today, And at one time, you were walking closely with the Lord. And just through life, maybe through difficulty or pain, maybe through a few wrong choices, you have found yourself off course. I want you to know it's okay to come back. don't, Don't let regret keep you away from the Lord. Listen, if there's a a hundred steps between you and Jesus, Jesus will take 99, but he leaves that last step to you and me. 
Sometimes I run into people in public. In fact, I remember years ago, I used to be a youth pastor here at the church. Teresa, I see you. You were at a youth group years ago. I was in the mall. Rachel and I went to the mall one, one afternoon, and I saw a teenager, a student that had used to come to youth group but no longer came to church. And I had heard that this student wasn't making good choices and made it far away from the Lord. And it was one of those moments when he saw me and I saw him. And then he acted like he didn't see me. Come on, have y'all done that before? Maybe I'm just kind of looking right there. No, nah, that wasn't, yeah. And so he kind of was avoiding me. And I thought, huh, he sees the holiness of my life. The, the Spirit of God is so strong on me that it's convicting him, and he can't even look me in the eye. Don't you know religion is, oh God, I hate a religious spirit. I said, look, my, man, he's avoiding me because his life is in sin, and then he sees his youth pastor, and he's convicted by me. And God says, no, he's avoiding you because he thinks you're judging him, and you don't love him. And guess who had to repent? Not the wayward prodigal, but the wayward youth pastor. You see, listen, I love the fact that Jesus shows up in the middle of Peter's regret to remind him, you can come back. Let me say something to those of you that are watching online. Maybe some of you used to actually physically attend church, but you feel such regret that you don't feel welcome to come back. Can I tell you this? Come home. Please come home. All of us can identify with failure. We've all denied Jesus in some way, shape, or form. Peter's story is our story. And just as Jesus showed up in the middle of Peter's mess, he shows up in ours too. I love this. There's a statement that I read. I, want you, I don't know where I heard this. I would give credit if I remember where I heard it. But I think this is powerful. I want, and I want to explain this to you. Statement is like simply this. Success has a thousand fathers, but failure is an orphan. I want you to, I'm going to say that again. I want to explain it. Success has a thousand fathers, but failure is an orphan. Here's what that means. Everybody wants to take credit for a success story. Oh, I played a part in his success. Look at what I taught her. Look at the chance. I, I believed in him and them. And I, you know, success, everybody wants to be related to success. But failure is an orphan. Nobody wants to be associated with failure except for Jesus. Jesus shows up. And, and Peter then recognizes it's the Lord. And so he jumps in the water and he swims to the shore. I love this. Look what it says in verse 9. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Come on, somebody. How many of you love breakfast? Mama said it's the most important meal of the day. You, some of you skip breakfast. You're skipping an important meal. The Bible says breakfast was prepared for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. How many of you it would be a surprise for you to wake up one morning and see Jesus standing in your kitchen. And he says, breakfast is prepared. I love it. Food makes me happy. And a meal with Jesus, how wonderful. But notice what it says here. The fish was being cooked over a charcoal fire. 
Interesting. You know the only other time, the now the Bible talks about fire a lot, but the only other time the Bible refers to a charcoal fire was when Peter was warming himself by the charcoal fire with the guards and the soldiers as he was denying Jesus. You see, Peter may have anticipated judgment from Christ, but what he got was breakfast. See, listen, when you fail, you need to understand that the Lord loves you in spite of your worst behavior. Now, I'm not condoning bad behavior. I'm saying this. All of us are capable of bad behavior. We're in trouble when we think, oh, I'll never deny. I'll go to prison. I'll, di I'll die for you, Jesus. And Peter's mistake is our mistake, too. But guess what? The redemption of Peter is our redemption, too. Look at what it says in verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Somebody say regret. Say return. Say restore. Now, this is great. This is the first recorded conversation between Jesus and and Peter since the denial. This is the moment where they get to come together and have the tough conversation. Have you ever had a tough conversation? What do we call those conversations? Come to Jesus conversation. Have you ever had a come to Jesus conversation? Have you heard that phrase before? This is the original come to Jesus conversation. I thought about that last night. I'm like, man, how cool. Jesus, you modeled the tough conversation. I'm sure Peter wanted to avoid the pain of his past, but he had to get through the presence of Jesus and deal with the pain of his past. Now, here's what I love about Jesus. And some of you do this so well. You have the gift of hospitality. Before the tough conversation, Jesus made him breakfast. Now, there's a thought. How about, and I know we have to have tough conversations all the time, right? I mean, some of you husbands and wives, how many of you, you have some tough conversations? How many of you had a tough conversation on the way to church? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Sometimes those are when the tough conversations happen, right? And you just fighting and fussing and, rah, 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 and then you get into church. Oh, praise the Lord. How are we doing? <laughs> Jesus is here. Yeah, I'm not here because I have to be. <laughs> no, I am kind of here because I have to be. Hey, right, here's a thought. But before you have the, the tough conversation, make him a sandwich. And then you can go in at, at the things that he needs to work on. Come on, fellas. Tell her she looks good. Come on. Before you criticize something, honor her. Before you, you rip the kids apart for their bad behavior. Come on, are you with me? There, there, there's something, and, and especially for those of you that are single moms, I know you rarely hear what a great job you're doing at home. Before you have the tough conversation, be hospitable. There's a spirit of kindness that you have when you confront. Notice what he says here. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Interesting. What is he talking about? More than these. What are these? More than, more than who? More than the other disciples? Remember when Peter had bragged, saying, hey, they may leave you, but I never will. 
Some scholars think that Jesus was referring, do you love me more than the other disciples? Some scholars think that Jesus was referring to the fish that had just been caught. Do you love me more than fishing? You've gone back to what you used to do. Do you love me more than that? Jesus is, is asking this, and the Bible says he asked Peter three times. Interesting. Three times he'd ask him the same question. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Jesus was not trying to browbeat Peter. I think what he's trying to show Peter is this. For every time you deny, I have a plan of restoration. For every failure that you experience, I have enough grace to reach down and rescue you. For every bad decision you've ever made, the blood of Jesus is equal to the task. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. What's Jesus telling Peter? He's saying, Peter, failure is an event and not a person. Yesterday ended last night, and today is a brand new day. Now, notice what it says here in the text. Jesus refers to Peter as Simon. Did you notice that? When I put that verse on the screen, did you notice he said, Simon, son of John? You say, wait a second, Pastor. I thought Jesus changed Simon's name. He did to Peter. Why is he calling him Simon? He's saying this. What you did in denying me, that was your old self. And he's not trying to guilt him or browbeat him. He's saying, Peter, I understand the nature of your flesh. And when you denied me, Simon, that, that came from the old you. But I've called you to be Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together this morning. Simon is who you were, but Peter is who you are now. Aren't you glad that God doesn't judge you by the things you did yesterday? Come on, somebody say, don't judge me by my past. Say, I don't live there anymore. Jesus is saying, Simon is who you were, but Peter is who you are. Notice what he says, feed my sheep. Oh, I love this. Maybe Peter thought he had forfeited the opportunity to be a disciple. And Jesus says, I still have something for you to do. Some of you feel like you are disqualified by the things that you've said, behavior that you've walked in. And God tells Peter, feed my sheep. He's saying, the call of God on your life has not changed. Maybe your season has changed, but the call of God stays the same. Feed my sheep. Lord, you mean to tell me you still want me to be on your team? You mean to tell me there's still a job for me to do? And Jesus says yes. Romans eleven twenty nine. the Bible reminds us for God's gifts and his calling can never be withdrawn. God is using this moment not to just speak to Peter, but I believe to speak to us, he's saying this, I'm not finished with you. There's still work that I want you to do. Come on, somebody say regret, regret. say return, regret. say restore. Now say rebound. This is awesome. I, I wanted to end with this particular passage for Peter. 
Bible says 40 days later, they were in Jerusalem. And fire fell from heaven. And this is known as the day of Pentecost. And the gift of the Spirit was poured out upon the New Testament church. There were 17 different nationalities that were in Jerusalem. Jesus told them, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. And in this prayer meeting, the Spirit of God showed up. And it started to spill out into the streets. And there were thousands of people that gathered around that upper room. And I'm sure Peter is thinking, wait a second. I am fresh off of the worst moments of my life. Surely it can't be me. There's nothing that I'm supposed to do in this moment. I have failed miserably. I can see just the, and some of us, we fight the same thoughts and feelings about our own life. Could God really use me after I've messed up so badly? The Bible says that in that moment, Peter steps up and he begins to preach. Scripture says in Acts 2, verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him, and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, verse 38, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is to you, it's to your children, and to those who are far away. All who have been called by the Lord our God. And do you know, after this message preached by Peter, 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. I think on the heels of his worst moment came one of his best days in ministry. And you know what? It had to be Peter. It had. I think the Lord intended on the day of Pentecost, of all the disciples to step into that moment, it had to be the one who failed miserably, but knew that he was still loved by God. And do you know that in that moment, Peter probably saw more converts, more people said yes to Jesus in that one day than had said yes to Jesus the last three years of his ministry. Only God. What a rebound. To, to go from regret to the day of Pentecost. I thought about it. I grew up playing basketball. Played it in high school. Played it in college. Sometimes, you know, the, 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 the person who gets the most recognition is the one who scores the most points. He's the All-American. He's the All-Star. Man, you know, when you're averaging, you know, double-digit points, man, he's the guy you got to keep your eye on. But I've discovered this. Sometimes the MVP of the game is not the one who scores the most points, but it's the one who gets the rebound. You know why? Because when you rebound the ball, your teammate goes to shoot it. He misses. You rebound it, and you give your team another chance to try again. You know, sometimes in life, we make decisions and we fall short. We miss the mark. We sin. And Jesus gets the rebound and gives us another opportunity. He says, here, take another shot. Try it again. Shoot, shoot, it, shoot it again because this time you might make it. 
And you know what? Jesus rebounds hopeless situations for people like us. I love it because in Peter's final moments, he writes first and second Peter. This is an older, more experienced, seasoned Peter. He's reflecting on his life and journey with Jesus, and he says this in 1 Peter 1. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. This sounds like a man who walked through a lot of hard stuff, understood the grace of Jesus and was restored completely to his calling and knows that it takes Christ and Christ alone to do this. If you're here today, maybe you feel like you've messed up beyond repair. I want you to know God can restore you completely as you completely trust him. Can I have a good amen? Come on, you received that today. Put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.